Elijah, what are you talking about? It hasn't rained for three and a half years. What makes you think it's going to rain right now? But Elijah has the ear of faith. Elijah has a prophetic imagination because the reality that Elijah is in touch with, the spiritual reality, it's well beyond his five senses, what he can taste and touch and see and smell and feel. Let me encourage you. There ought to be moments in your Christian life where people think you're crazy. Has anybody ever experienced that? You're taking a step of faith and people think, man, it doesn't make sense what that person is doing. Why? Because we don't operate the way the world does. We operate out of prophetic imagination. You're listening to audio from Forward Church in Irvine, California. We help people find hope in Jesus. For more information, please visit forwardchurchirvine.com. So if you've been with us for the past few weeks, we're in the series called Win the Day. We've been working on developing healthy habits. By show of hands, who has developed some healthy habits in the past three weeks? Okay, we got a few people. That's good. So far in this series, we've talked about flipping the script, kissing the wave, and flying the kite. Today, we're going to talk about what it means to seed the clouds, seed the clouds. If you missed any of the messages, they are all available to listen to on the podcast, forwardchurchpodcast.com, and they're available to listen to on our YouTube channel. And we want to welcome all of the people watching us online, and we are excited that you're here with us as well. Now, every habit we've talked to from uh, Mark Batterson, the pastor that came up with this idea of win the day, it culminates to this habit that we're going to talk about today, which is seeding the clouds, okay? There's a lot of ways to seed the clouds. Um, humility catalyzes God's favor. Generosity activates reciprocity. And you have to seed the clouds. What does that mean? We are asking you to take proactive measures today that will produce desired outcomes tomorrow. Church, I want to tell you again, the decisions you make today will give you the results you will experience tomorrow. The risks you take, the steps of faith, the habits you form, the actions you produce, the mindfulness of that time that you create, it all contributes to the outcome that you experience later on in life. The same can be said about faith and hope. Our responsibility as Christians is to plant the seed of faith and through hope and prayer, we water that seed so that it can grow into what we envision for the future. So what does it mean to seed the clouds? It is being intentional with what you invest. Think of long-term, think eternity. What you do in this life matters, not just for today or tomorrow, but it matters for eternity. Many of us invest more time into how we plan a vacation then we plan how we're going to spend eternity. It shouldn't be like that. Some things you invest your time into and your energy into, but it will not go far. But when you invest into heavenly things, things for God, these are seeds that will reap a harvest for years, decades, and generations to come. And there is no better time than right now to plant or sow a seed that can grow tomorrow. See, I think the problem with you and with me is that too often we wait until the time is right to do something for the Lord, but we are simply procrastinating and delaying what should be done today. 
See, the problem is that we fall into a trap of thinking where we think, well, we're going to be happy one day after we attain certain things or when we accomplish certain goals and we think that we'll be content to plant seeds and sow at that time. The reality is if we are not content today, we won't be content at that time either. Meaning that seeding the cloud means to have a sense of urgency in our Christian life. And so this is the big idea of my message today. Write this down. Sow today what you want to see tomorrow. Sow today what you want to see tomorrow. Over time in our life, one of two things will happen. Either memory overtakes your imagination or your faith, or your imagination overtakes your memory. The difference here is what I'm going to talk about is prophetic imagination. What I mean by this is literally having a faith in God It's seeing the invisible, it's hearing the inaudible, and believing the impossible. It's patient persistence and bold prayer. Now, we're in 1 Kings chapter 18. We read this epic few verses. Let me set the scene, okay? Kids, are you still with me? Yeah. All right, perfect. Let me set the scene. It In in 1 Kings chapter 18, it has not reigned in Israel for three and a half years. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And this is the moment when and where and why the prophet Elijah climbs to the top of Mount Carmel and he seeds the clouds. See, we're not sure when the Bible talks about Elijah gathering up his garment and running before Ahab. We're not sure what route Elijah ran, but it was no less than 17 miles, and it may have been as many as 30 miles, and he beats Ahab's chariot. Today, I want to unpack this last habit we're going to talk about in this series called Win the Day. How do you seed the clouds? Number one, seed the clouds with prophetic imagination. I want you to pay attention to our text in verse 41. The Bible says Elijah said to Ahab, this is the, uh, a king. The Bible says he was the worst king Israel had ever had. The Bible says Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink for there is a sound of the rushing rain. See, at this moment when there was no rain for three and a half years in Israel, Elijah hears something that hasn't happened in more than three years. Has that ever happened to you? You hear and you see things other people don't. You see God moving, even in the invisible moments when other people don't see it. How can Elijah hear rain when it hasn't happened for three and a half years? Elijah has a prophetic ear, and that's where a prophetic imagination comes from. Let me give you a definition of what I mean by prophetic imagination. Prophetic imagination is seeing the invisible hearing the inaudible, and believing the impossible. Prophetic imagination is seeing the invisible, hearing the inaudible, and believing the impossible. In other words, it's having a big faith in God, even when it seems like there's no way out of your current situation. One um, theologian says it this way, the task is reframing so that we can re-experience the realities that are right in front of us from a different angle. Remember, we talked about it, that the obstacles you're facing, they're not in your way, they are the way. 
Maybe God wants you to go through that particular storm so you can come out much stronger on the other end. You can share your testimony. And remember, what can you not spell testimony without? Louder. That's right. So often your testimony that you share with other people, what you've gone through, that's your, that's your testimony, the test that you've gone through. So the question is, how do you see what only God sees? How do you have a prophetic imagination? It starts with a prophetic ear, um, an ear that is fine-tuned to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And that is what's happening here in verse 41. Check this out. It hasn't rained in three and a half years. I mean, this forecast is pretty foolish, right? Like Elijah says to the king, after it has not rained for three and a half years, he's saying to him, it's going to rain. Now, would you agree that in a way, Elijah seems completely out of touch with reality? Wouldn't you say that in a way, Elijah is completely tone deaf? Elijah, what are you talking about? It hasn't rained for three and a half years. What makes you think it's going to rain right now? But Elijah has the ear of faith. Elijah has a prophetic imagination because the, the reality that Elijah is in touch with, right? The spiritual reality, it's well beyond his five senses, what he can taste and touch and see and smell and feel. See, let me encourage you. There ought to be moments in your Christian life where people think you're crazy. Has anybody ever experienced that? Like you're, you're taking a step of faith. We got one. That's good. We, you're taking a step of faith and people think, man, it doesn't make sense what that person is doing, right? Why? Because we don't operate the way the world does. We operate out of prophetic imagination. Watch this. If you're not careful, at some point you stop living out of your imagination of what you believe God is going to do. And you start living out of memory. You're like, well, God hasn't delivered me from this sickness or from this illness for so many years. He's probably never going to. God never gave me a great marriage. He's probably never going to. I've never been able to reconcile with this one particular person in my life. I'm probably never going to be able to reconcile. Somebody did something wrong to you and you're like, man, the whole world is against me and everybody wants to wrong me and I'm just going to isolate myself from other people, right? We begin to live out of our memory. In other words, we stop creating our future. We stop walking in faith. We start repeating our past and you stop living by faith and you start living by logic. And that's the day I believe that we stop living and we begin dying. You must learn to live by faith. See, I think that most people die long before the date on their death certificate. But it doesn't have to be that way. The Bible is very clear. Without a vision, people perish. But the opposite is true. I want you to think about your life and I want you to think of the vision you have. What is it that you want in 10 years? What does your relationship with God look like? What does your faith look like? What does the faith of your children look like? What does your personal faith look like? See, I think vision, when you think of the future, vision is a preservative. If you have a vision, you are never past your prime. If you have a vision, you never age out. Think about it. What is God telling you? What step of faith 
does he want you to take? What kind of a prophetic imagination do you need to work out in your life? Prophetic imagination is seeing the invisible, hearing the inaudible, and believing the impossible. Number two, seed the clouds, not only with prophetic imagination, but with patient persistence. Raise your hand if you believe yourself to be a very persistent person. Okay, we got a bit more. That's good. That's good. Okay, so, so you guys are persistent, right? So watch this. You're going to love this. Those who are not persistent, listen, and then look at the people who are persistent and ask them how they became persistent, okay? So see the clouds with patient persistence. Look what happens to Elijah. Back to our story. Elijah says to his servant, by the way, kind of cool to have a servant, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I would love to have this around. But uh, that's a whole different sermon, okay? He said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And the servant goes and he looks and says, there is nothing. And Elijah said to him, go again. How many times? Seven times. And watch this. At the seventh time, he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. If you want to dream big, if you want to achieve great things for God, you better think long because it's going to take longer than you like. I believe that we want to do things that will make a difference a hundred years from now. How many of us want to do things that will make a difference a hundred years from now? Do you know when that begins? Now. That's the point, seeing the cloud. When Victoria and I lead our teens group, teens, make some noise. All right. All right. All right. Good, 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 good. So we got everybody involved. When Victoria and I lead the teens group, that happens every two weeks, we see what can be possible, what these teens will accomplish in the will of the Lord as we pour into them. Some people see a group of young boys and girls who are just hyped up on candy and spicy Cheetos. But what I see is future pastors, future leaders, future missionaries, future uh, heads of families that ultimately will proclaim the gospel to the ends of the world. That, my friends, is patient persistence. When uh, this past week we we encourage the teens to memorize a particular Bible verse. I told them to memorize Romans 10.9. It goes like this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I told the teens, if there's any Bible verse you're going to commit to heart right now that will stick with you throughout the rest of your life, it's Romans 10.9. And it was such a beautiful moment when we wrote this verse on a whiteboard and they were standing up here and they were uh, reciting this and they have two weeks to learn it. So they're going to start and a a snack. So teens, you better do it. Okay. See, seeing them memorize Bible verses, seeing the teens bring their Bible, seeing them take Bible quizzes after the lessons, seeing their eyes light up to the reality of the gospel as we tackle very difficult and complex subjects, such as the, what is the assurance of salvation? That is patient persistence, okay? We believe that's going to make a big difference. Now, I want you to pay attention to what the Bible says here. It says, behold, a little cloud, like a man's hand, is rising from the sea. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. God wants to do things in you and through you that are way beyond you. 
So God wants to do things that are in you and through you that are well, well beyond you. I, I mentioned it last Sunday. God wants to do things that are well beyond your intellect, well beyond your imagination, well beyond your resources, well beyond your skills, well beyond your abilities, things that are well beyond your current station in life. This is where God shows up and shows off, okay? One pastor said it like this. He said, whatever it is that you're doing, okay, whatever it is that you're attempting for God, you must do things that are twice your size, okay? This means stretching your faith, seeding the clouds. Remember, you're attempting to do things that are well beyond your pay grade. Let me remind you, remember five loaves and two fishes? Let me ask you a question. Who in their right mind thought that five loaves and two fishes equals lunch for 20,000 people? It's incredible, right? But yet the disciples just obeyed Jesus. He just said, hey, you guys got any Lunchables? You guys got any food? And they're like, well, we have, you know, five, you know, loaves and two fish. Jesus is like, perfect. That's all you need to feed 20,000 people. What? That's crazy, right? That's a prophetic imagination, right? This is uh, a patient persistence. Watch this. When the Holy Spirit is involved, you have more left over than what you started with, okay? See, I believe that, okay, raise your hand if you've ever experienced a miracle in your life that you believe God did. Okay, watch this. The way you steward a miracle, the way when God gave you something in your life that you only begged him for, that you only prayed for, the way you manage that miracle well is by believing God for bigger and better miracles. See, the moment God gives me the ability to reconcile a strained relationship and that relationship goes from bad to great. Do you know what I'm going to believe God for? He's going to help me reconcile another relationship. If God gives me one financial breakthrough, I want to steward that wisely. I want to give to the local church. I want to give to those in need. I want to steward what God has given me so that I'm going to believe in God for bigger and better miracles. Here's the thing, when you are persistent and patient, it doesn't necessarily mean that God is going to bless you right here, right now. How many of us don't like hearing that? <laughs> we want, yeah, we want the blessing now. God, we want the ACH credit to hit our account now. We want the promotion now. We want the bigger church building now. But God's like, look, I want you to be faithful. I want you to be obedient in the small things. I want you to have prophetic imagination. I want you to be persistent. Let me take care of the miracle at my proper time, right? So when you're, when, I don't know exactly which way God is going to show up and show off in your life, but I know he will. I was uh, thinking about our teens and thinking about our forward kids ministry. And I'm like, man, this is incredible children that are being raised in the way of the Lord. Who knows the way God is going to use them? We might have the next Louis Palau in the building. We might have the next Billy Graham. We might have the, you know, the next fill in the blank, like uh, Amy Grant or any other country music superstar for Christianity. Don't, I don't want to get any emails if you think they're, they're not uh, conservative or not. But as long as they're praising the Lord, okay, it's a whole different topic. So my point is this. Much of what the Lord is going to do in your life is the result of seeding the clouds. It's stepping out in faith, right? And this is what we see in verse 43. 
And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Okay, teens, are you with me? Teens, are you here? Okay, how many times did Elijah tell his servant to go see if there is rain coming? How many times? That's good. All right, all right, you guys are good. You're listening. See, adults, isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Kids are listening. Teens are listening. All right, let's go. Watch this. I want to I wanna, I wanna tell you something about this number seven, okay? Proverbs 24, 16 says, the righteous falls seven times and rises again, okay? We're talking about the number seven. This is a very, very, very important uh, number in the Bible, okay? Seven is the number of perfection or completion. There's a lot of sevens in the Bible. I don't know if you've, you've noticed that. You can do a whole Bible study on that. Abraham bows down to the ground seven times in Genesis 33. The priest consecrates the altar by sprinkling it seven times. The word of the Lord is like silver refined seven times. Remember what Jesus taught about forgiveness? How many times should you forgive? Not seven, but rather 77 times, right? Pop quiz, maybe you grew up in a Christian home. How many times did the Israelites need to circle Jericho? Come on, yeah, there we go. And watch this. They needed to circle Jericho seven times, one time and each day. And on the seventh day, how many times? That's right. Divine Women's Ministry went through this story this past Thursday. How many times did Naaman have to dip into the Jordan River? Come on. you guys, Now the whole church is answering. All right, you guys got this. There we go. Exactly. Got encouragement. So watch this. Naaman dips into the Jordan seven, uh, River seven times. Elijah prays for rain seven times. Now, can I just propose to you a protect, particular scenario? What would have happened? What if the Israelites, when they were circling Jericho, what if they stopped on day six? You know, they would say, you know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough. The city hasn't fallen down yet. The walls haven't fallen down, right? Remember the song we sing? Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, right? Walking around, fill in the blank of the issue you're dealing with, I thought by now it would be over. I thought by now I would be much better. I thought by now I would be farther along in my life than I am. I thought by now I would be married. I thought by now I would have kids. I thought by now I would be more successful. I thought by now God would do something else and he has not done it yet. Prophetic imagination, seeing the clouds, continuing with persistent perseverance. What if Naaman said, oh, come on, uh, seven times dipping in this dirty Jordan River? Isn't there better rivers out there in Israel that I can dip into? Why can't I do it once? He'll be like, okay, well, six dips and I'm done. What if Elijah said, you know what? Servant went to look at the sixth time. Ah, I'm going to give up. Here's what I believe happens. They would have forfeited the miracle right before it happened. Where is it in your life that you're about to give up right before God is going to do a miracle in your life? I want to encourage you in that. See, patient persistence is about keeping on, keeping on. Jesus himself said, seek and knock. And do you know that seek and knock is not one time? Seek and knock in the Bible, they are called, I'm going to take you to seminary for two seconds. They are called present imperative verbs. 
In other words, when Jesus said, seek and knock, he says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. This is my question to you. Where is it in your life that you've stopped seeking, stopped asking, and stopped knocking? Seed the clouds with patient persistence. Number three, seed the clouds with bold prayers. This is my last point. I believe that God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. God will not be surprised or overwhelmed by the size of your prayer. See, this past week, we concluded our church-wide 21 days of prayer and fasting. Week one, we were praying and fasting for us to have a heart for the house. We said in our prayer to God that we believe our church has an incredible opportunity to reach and serve our community. As we began 2024 as a church together, and as we're moving towards Easter Sunday, we wanted to take time in the first week of the year to pray for our church. We prayed that we would be a place of love, a place a place where we would help people find hope in Jesus, a church where no hypocrisy would slip into our church family, where we would be united as a body together, that we would pray over our church resources, that God would give us financial stability and growth, that we would do all of this for his kingdom and his kingdom alone. That's what we prayed for for week one. Week two, we prayed for God to fill the house. We believe that we will see our house, our church, filled to capacity by Easter Sunday. And for this to be a reality, we prayed that we must be a people of prayer. We asked the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of men, women, and children so that we might have new life in Christ. We believe that we have neighbors, coworkers, families, friends that have yet to know Jesus as Lord. We prayed for God to give us opportunities to invite people to wake up to the opportunity to disciple somebody this year. And we prayed together in the second week. We said, God, we trust you will fill the house. We trust you will send people to our church. And this past week, week three, our focus was to wake up. We said that we refuse to be a people who fall into spiritual slumber, that anything in our lives that does not have value would fall away. We prayed for God to rid us of worthless, sin-filled desires and that we would truly delight in Christ. My friends, this is what happens when you see the clouds with bold prayers. You continue praying to God. You know, the great thing about prayer is that every one of us here, we are the beneficiaries of prayers that we knew nothing about. We often harvest fields we did not plant. We are drinking from wells we did not dig. We live in homes we did not build. And we think right here, right now, what's happening at this moment, but God is thinking nations and generations and into the future. You are here and you know the Lord Jesus Christ because somebody prayed for you. Win the day, seed the clouds. Here's how I'm going to close this message and I'm going to close out this sermon series and we're going to have a moment to pray and I'm going to pray over you and we're going to, we're going to be excited about the future. Prophetic imagination, patient persistence, and bold prayers are the ways in which you seed the clouds and ultimately win the day. Amen? Thank you for listening to this audio content from Forward Church. We hope you were encouraged and are cheering you on as you follow Jesus. For more information, please visit 
forwardchurchirvine.com. 